Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Amanda Lippman. I run an organization called Run for Something. I wrote a book called Run for Something. And now I host this show also called Run for Something. My mission is simple. Find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office. Every Tuesday, I'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. Listen in every Tuesday. Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. I rushed you through the process. We have so many people waiting to come on, which is an amazing quality problem to have. But I was um, talking to my, obviously, ex-makeup artist and best friend, not that he's an ex-best friend, he's just not here, Luke in uh, New York, and he told me he met you. So welcome, Nancy Jo Sells, best-selling author from the New York Times, social media, the secret lives of teenagers, the bling ring. Oh, I love that. I've seen that. Yeah. How a gang of fame obsessed. Oh, yes, I've seen this. Didn't they steal from Paris? They went into her house multiple times. Yes, I'm going to go there. Longtime uh, writer for Vanity Fair, appeared in the New York Guardian and so many other publications. So welcome. Um, So happy to have you. (laughs) You too. I've heard such great things about you. Luke came to my house because I I had to do my makeup for a thing for my new book, Nothing Personal. I had to do a little photo thing for a British newspaper and he showed up and he was the makeup artist and I want him to be my best friend now. I mean, I might, I might steal him from you. Not being rude and this isn't intended on you, but he can make something out of nothing, that man. I mean, he has seen me at my worst. I remember he came to do me for Ladies of London and I got, I was really hung out over, like really, really bad. And it was the, you know, the green screen. (laughs) 
and yes. somehow if any if that picture came out if that picture ever found the light of day that man would never ever not work a day in his life <laughs> <laughs> well he's lovely and he says you're lovely and i can see that you are so thanks for having me on pleasure well your story completely gripped me because i mean there's so many things i want to ask you about i don't really know where to start actually totally confused so i mean because <laughs> actually what, what he told me about, I didn't know about all these other things. He actually told me about that you became addicted to swiping on these, these um, apps, which I'm terribly against, that I'm fascinated by. And you, you should be, you should be against them. You were obsessed with younger men and swiping. Well, <laughs> I hope this is, we can always cut it out. Or not? No, no, no. It's fine. I can sort of explain. Well, you're talking but, to the same. Yeah, I'm a cougar. Well, I'm a jaguar because I think I'm a bit older than you are, and I think I've gone into the realm of jaguar. Okay, well, you're a jaguar, and you have um, <laughs> you have a very young boyfriend yourself. So, shall we start there? But then I do want to talk about the fling ring because I'm actually obsessed by this too. But let's start with the dating. Okay, so addicted to swiping. Well, you know, the apps are designed to be addictive. So basically anybody who has a brain and who has dopamine in their brain and their body gets addicted because they design them very meticulously to get you addicted through the bells and whistles of the platform, the dopamine rush that you get through matching. So like you can be on it for really just a very short time and get addicted. So yes, I was. And, and, you know, we don't like to think of it as addiction because that's been defined as like alcohol or, or drugs or, or something, you know, which seems much more harmful. But I think that the overall effects of these apps are very harmful. And that's sort of what my new book, Nothing Personal, is about wrapped into the story of my own usage and dating younger men, which I started doing because those were the only people that would match with me. I was not really that popular with older guys. It was younger guys who seemed more interested. Also, when I very first went on Tinder and OkCupid, Tinder only went up to 40. Now it's like everybody's using these apps, 60s, 70s, even retirement communities. But when I went on I would go on and, and start swiping and the only people who would match with me were like, like 24, 25, 26. And I didn't really know why that was at the time, but I came to understand as I kept doing it, you know, and sort of researching it and talking to people about it, that a lot of young men grow up with porn these days. They're watching a lot of porn and there's a niche porn. Well, it's not even niche. It's like mainstream MILF porn. And um, there's also Smilfs, which is a single mom I'd like to, you know, and um, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> First of all, I'm blown away because yeah. I just wanted to say to you, I've never been on one of these apps. So yeah. I really haven't yeah. and I've never got the chance. Yeah. I'm fascinated by them. And a Smilf, I, I mean, I'm so out of date. No, you're not. So I was trying to get over a broken heart and I was, you know, I had my heart broken. I was single and uh, I'm divorced twice. I have a 21 year old daughter. And she's in college. And uh, I was really, you know, kind of going through a lot. I was going through like menopause. I was going through midlife crisis. I was, my heart was broken. And this younger friend of mine, a young guy I know who works for a friend of mine said, why don't you just go fuck somebody on a dating app? So I was like, really? I don't know. Will anybody want me? But yeah, I was like immediately matched with by all these very young guys. Now this is going back a few years ago. I'm not on them anymore Question. because yeah, I, I eventually met a guy that I, that I started dating for real. Something you said, cause you've got a 21 year old daughter and did, did that make it awkward for the young, you with young guys? Was it awkward between you and her? Well, 
I kept it all completely secret from her. That's why I call it my secret life in the dating app Inferno, because at that time she was much younger. When this all started, she was about 14. And I didn't think it was appropriate for me to share what I was doing with her. So I never brought anybody into my house for safety reasons and also the appropriateness of it. I didn't, I went through a little bit of a hoe time where I was just, you know, doing stuff and I didn't bring any of it into my house at all. Now, once I, once I started dating somebody more seriously, I did introduce them. Yeah. You just wanted, but she was older. Well, you just wanted them in and out. Basically you, you weren't, you knew what they were there for. They, did they know what they were there for? It depends which one I didn't have an agenda. Like I am doing this now. These are the boundaries and the rules. I, a lot of people do run their sex lives like that. And that's totally fine too. Whatever. I think whatever anybody does in the realm of sex and dating is up to them, you know, but I was more just like stumbling through it all and trying to see what it would be like and what would happen. And I didn't really have a lot of expectations for, you know, dating someone that age. But then I was so surprised when it actually became something real. How old is he? When we started dating, he was 23 and I was 50. And now he's 29 and I'm 56. We dated off and on, but like pretty seriously for four or five years. And in the last year he moved away. So it's become more of a, you know, long distance thing. He moved somewhere for a job. So we see each other less, but it was beautiful while it lasted. But that's amazing. I think that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that while it lasted, you know. Don't you have a younger man in your I life? Do. Or you do. I know I do. He's still here. He's upstairs. I met him when he was 24. He's 27 now. It's working perfectly for me and my family. And I think it's because I have an inner child in me that I just have never grown up. There isn't a older man on the planet that would put up with me right now. He could not. He couldn't pit up. He could not keep up. So, you know, I, I completely relate to you when you say that you always matched with younger guys. But I think I'm much, I'm mentally, you know, younger than him. Um, I've still got a lot of life in me. And I think that's probably what they saw in you. Well, I'll tell you the things I liked about it. So my whole life, I had dated guys who were my age or even older. I had a husband who was 15 years older, actually. I had a husband who was my age, and then I had a husband who was 15 years older. And I found that a lot of guys that I dated throughout my life were competitive sometimes, like maybe a little angry sometimes, not playful. They want to dull your sparkle. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I never really understood what that was or where it was coming from. That's part of what I explore in this book. And then I was dating these younger guys, this one in particular, and it was just fun. It was just fun. It was playful. We would literally like wrestle and stuff and just dance around and have a really fun time that I didn't really have in the same way when I was that age. And I think that they, we found, um, something in each other. Like, I think they were attracted obviously to, you know, like one of the trade-offs for getting older is you do get wiser. You get a little, I mean, you do, you, you know, more stuff. I could help them with things. And, you know, can we talk about sex? Like I've never had such good sex in my life as with this young guy that I dated for these past six years, we were just so incredibly compatible. And I think a lot of it had to do with the difference in our ages, actually because it was exotic to each of us. It was exciting. It was different. Uh, I knew stuff. He knew stuff. We both brought different things to our experiences together. 
we really appreciated each other in a way that I hadn't found in other men that I'd, I'd been with. And uh, we just had this really great chemistry and the age thing didn't matter at all. Like not at all in the bedroom. Young guys can laugh in the bedroom. And I think guys our age simply yeah. cannot, you know, I think they take yeah. it very seriously. And actually people, sex can be quite funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also I think with um, some older guys, they're, they're, they have this entitled sense that, you know, you're always thinking like, that you want to lock them down and marry them or something, which is not my desire or my intention. But with the younger men that I was with, it was more like, this is just for fun. This is just for pleasure. This is just to see what happens. And maybe it'll just be for tonight. Maybe it'll be longer. If we like each other, maybe we'll see each other again. But with this one particular guy, we did like each other so much that we kept seeing each other. Now, it wasn't perfect (laughs) by any means. And he had a lot of issues in his life that he needed to work out because like who in their 20s doesn't? I mean, I did. So I tried to help him with some of that stuff. So I wanted to tell you guys about my fitness pal. And it's particularly amazing for me right now because most of you may or may not know I am dieting for a wedding, my wedding. So um, I don't know whether when you guys start, you have a goal in mind, but I have, you know, my wedding dress, my wedding day looking fabulous in mind. I found my fitness pal. I thought it was just for counting calories, but it's actually teaches you about nutrition, fitness habits and helps create ones that stick, which is so much more motivating than anything else. My Fitness Pal isn't a rigid diet plan. Instead, you gradually learn from personalized data that works for you. And if your version of healthy looks different from my version or somebody else's, that really is okay. The whole point is to help you find your best path to your goals. And I think that's really key. None of us look the same or need the same. And the great thing about MyFitnessPal Premium Membership, which is the one I have, you get customized tools and expert guidance to help reach personal health goals your way. App customization lets you choose the right settings to help you meet your individual goals. So if you're into macro tracking or low carb, healthy, heart, etc., you can stick to it in such an easy way. Premium's Deeper nutritional insights help you discover which foods will actually work for your body best. I really have to tell you about the aha moment. So for me, I just understood it was just so much easier because I found shopping so daunting. Shopping for food, not knowing how much exercise I've done in the day. So all of these things are in the app. So it can help do your food plan. It can help do your you know, shopping list. It can help, tells you how many steps you've done. It's all in one place correlated for you, which makes it super easy for you to check even recipes with like certain amounts of calories. So if you know you're on a 1400 calorie diet, then you just look up the menu and produce it for yourself and you just make exactly the ones they have calorie counted out for you. So you know what is going into your body daily. My Fitness Pal does way more than just count calories. Get the support you need from your health goals. Unlock all the amazing things My Fitness Pal can do, like I did. Start your premium membership today. Go to dnd.myfitnesspal.com and use code DND and get one month premium membership for free. That's dnd.myfitnesspal.com. Code DND. 
for a free one month premium membership. dnd.myfitnesspal.com. Let's get back to the show. What happened? Because I get asked this all the time. Obviously, you must be in a different financial bracket to these guys. What happens or how do you deal with that? Well, not all of them. I mean, it depends which one. With him, yes, indeed I was. But I'm not rich myself. I mean, I'm a working journalist. I've written some best-selling books. I did a documentary film for HBO. You know, sometimes people look at all that and they say like, oh, well, you must be rich. But I mean, like this, I'm not a rich lady. I, I, I work for a living. So even though I'm comfortable and I've achieved I'm still like in a gig economy here where I'm working project to project. So I've never felt like I'm like lady bountiful, you know, like paying for everything. However, I do think that this has become a thing. And I talk about it in my book and not just for older, younger, but for even younger, younger, there is a new aspect of dating that is very taboo to talk about. And my younger women friends tell me about this is when they pay for stuff. You know, because like nobody wants to talk about it. It's still that thing that everyone wants to pretend isn't happening. But there are a lot of women now of all ages who are doing better than the guys they're dating. And so they pay for a trip or they pay for a dinner or they pay for this or they pay for that. And it takes a really confident, strong guy with a really healthy ego to be able to deal with that because a lot of men get very freaked out by it, you know, and they can't deal with it. And it leads to all kinds of problems, I think. And, and, and I had a marriage where that was the case too. And my husband, my second husband, I, I, he was the one who was older than I was. I felt like he tried to retaliate in all these kind of emotional ways. It's sexism really, isn't it? Because they can't handle a woman being more successful. But the guy that I eventually, you know, sort of wound up with for, these past six years, he was so happy for me. He was like excited for me. And he would sometimes not allow me to pay for stuff. And sometimes he would insist on paying for what he could to show that he was trying. Like, even if it's just like paying for a drink or something, like they show you like, I want to pay for this, you know, but then sometimes, you know, if I go to visit him, I mean, he can't pay for it. So I pay for it. It's not something that comes up as like a thing that creates a problem between us. And that's one of the things I really like about him because he doesn't make me feel bad for being somewhat successful. I think it's very liberated of him and very feminist of him. No, I agree. And it's hard these days, but let's go back. So when you were seeing all these different guys on the apps, like when you say- In my whole my whole Yeah, time. in your whole time. I love that you're so honest. <laughs> In your whole time, like, <laughs> oh, this book is very honest. Like I, I, I made the decision, sorry to interrupt you, but I made the decision when I wrote this book, it doesn't make any sense to do this if you're not going to be honest. And it's really like, I'm really brutal with myself telling everything. Wow. Because I don't like it that women have to hide things. I feel so good. You know, some people have said to me like, why did you write that book? Oh my God. You told everything. You know, it feels really good. It feels really good to just be honest. Who gives a shit? It's not like you're going to be wearing a white dress anytime soon again. Who cares? It's like, who, who, <laughs> no. who are we saving ourselves for? <laughs> right? It's like, I, I just don't think anybody should be ashamed no. for anything that they do in the bedroom. Like, that's like, that's your choice. That is literally 
the one thing that you get to decide and no one else should be able to say shit about. And yet there's so much slut shaming that still goes on with women. And, and sometimes it comes from men, but sometimes it comes from other women. And that's, that's when it really hurts. It's other women. And it's normally either they're jealous or they're in unhappy marriages and they can't do it themselves. Or they just, you know, they've been brought up this old fashioned sort of societal values that simply don't exist anymore, nor should they. So anyway, and I love that you're so open because it really does, it will rip the bandaid off and help so many other people who are made to feel like their sexual needs are pouring. Yes. I, I personally don't slut shame myself and never have. I think that whatever I want to do is, is good with me. And it's always shocked me when other people are judgmental of it. You know, even in some of the like reviews and stuff, I'm very lucky. I've gotten a lot of warm praise and I've gotten so many emails and DMs and everything from women saying, thank you for talking about this and going into this and being real about this. And cause it's not just about how great it is to have sex with younger men. It's also sometimes younger men do not know how to have sex and you have to teach them, but, um, and older guys too, but like, thanks for talking about all this and being real about us. But then there are some women who are like, well, how dare she, you know, and she just made such terrible choices, like terrible for whom, like they're my choices. So they can't be terrible because I made them and I'm owning them. Teaching guys. Is that fun? <laughs> do, you, do you have time and the patience to teach someone? No. no. Okay. Well, I mean, it depends on the guy. One of them didn't even know what a clitoris was. Like, honestly, no, no, honestly, they don't teach them this stuff. He didn't know what it was. And I was like, just point to it. Like, just, have you heard this word? He's like, I think so. Like, this wasn't my guy. This was another guy. And I was like, just point to it. Just point to it. He's like, you know, anatomy lesson, right? He's like, isn't it inside? And I was like, well, inside where? Like, what do you mean by that? And then and then it's a whole thing where you have to tell them because they don't get, they watch porn, they watch porn, they grow up on porn and they just think that, excuse me, I'm going to do something a little vulgar. They think sex is like, yeah. And that's not, you know, they just think it's that. It's a disaster. Oh, it's a disaster, right? For the younger ages. It's ruined. It's ruined them. It's ruined them. So you have to like slowly teach them about intimacy. And that's not saying all sex has to be gentle. Of course not. It can be very hot when it's like, but that's after you're working up to it and finding out about each other's bodies and what makes each other happy and what makes each other, you know, feel good. So I did do some of that. Sometimes I just, if I liked them, sometimes I just turned them away and said, look, this isn't working for me. Were there so many because you were addicted to the sex and the new person and the newness of it all, or you just didn't click with one of them? I mean, so many for one person might not be so many for another, you know, nobody's like asked me, what is the number? But I did tell the actual number to a friend of mine. And he was like, that's not a lot. Like, <laughs> I mean, it depends what you mean by so over many. 10, there was over it, 20. It felt like <laughs> I'm squeezing you Carolina. less than 50. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm not going to lie. Okay. But I don't actually know the actual number. What does that tell you? It's, it was a lot. It was a lot for me. It was a lot for me. And it was because generally the experiences were so not good. It was not as many as you think, but it was a lot for me. But the reason was generally because, and it was, this was over like three years. I was on dating apps for about three years. By 2017, I was really 
regularly connected with my one guy and, and that continued on till present day. And I didn't want to see anybody anymore. Like in that Lizzo song, she says, I didn't, don't even want to hoe no mo. And so that was like how it was once I really got into a regular thing with him, but it was like, it was a lot because hookup culture is a thing. Dating app culture and the, and the intersection of dating app culture and hookup culture are real hookup culture is something that is real. It's something that there's been a lot of research and books on, and it's a real thing, which means that it generally means hooking up with someone with whom you do not intend to have a long-term relationship. There you go. Sorry, quickly. But like when you're on the app, are people aware that you're on hookup or date? Well, maybe some people find that out beforehand, but most people don't. You know, I think that one of the hallmarks of hookup culture, unfortunately, is a lack of communication. And you would put your age right down? Oh, it goes on there. No, not your age. I mean, like the age bracket that you were interested in. At first, I was just open to all. And I was getting matched with by younger guys. And then I started to like younger guys because they're really fun. And so I made my discovery. It's called Discovery I think it was 23 to 28. Stop it. And even I would go what? higher than that. You're a cradle robber. You <laughs> look for those. That's brilliant. Nothing wrong you're with like it. So, you're so funny because you're like, oh no, slut shaming. No, no, no. And no then I'm slut shaming on this show. And then you proceed to like, I'm not, such, I'm not judging you. I'm joking. actually not judging you. are just joking. You. I'm actually admiring you. I'm actually admiring you. But how old is your guy? Is he, you said he's 24. Yes. And I'm shocked at myself. He lied to me. <laughs> he lied. He was 31 when I met him. Oh, but he was really 24? Obviously. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he, and I thought 31 was too young. I mean, the funny thing is... How, how long have you guys been together? Uh, well, just over two years now. And I've seen a picture of him. He's gorgeous. He is actually. Yes, he is. It's annoying. Yeah. It's annoying. Well, that's part of the deal is like, they're so gorgeous. You're preaching to the choir. I'm sold. I couldn't go. I, there's so many problems with older men. You know, you've got, uh, first of all, you have to move into their life. They've got a job. They're not going to malleable into your life. I've got kids. They're probably going to. They have kids. I don't want that. And they want you to take care of their kids. The only thing I haven't done is the apps, but I would have done it if I had uh, not met my guy. I honestly don't recommend them. And in fact, I, my book is a really big critique of them and the online dating industry as a whole, because I think that these companies are very exploitive of their users for a lot of different reasons, which is kind of maybe, you know, not what you want to go into, but it's all in my book. Well, you've written quite a lot. So this book, what is the sort of the takeaway from it? To love yourself, to have the sex you want with whomever you want, to stand up for yourself against men or others in your life who try and undermine you and put you down to love your older self, to not feel like you can't date because you're older and to still feel beautiful and exciting and sexy, even though you don't look like you did when you were 25. I mean, this is really what this, my young guy did for me was I should have known it on my own. I should have been empowered by all that on my own, but he really made me feel like, hot and stuff in a way that I didn't think I was anymore. And also to not take any shit anymore. And that goes for whether it's in the work, because that's where I got to after menopause, after all these experiences that I had. When did you go through menopause? I just don't. What age? Like 52, 52 to 53. And it was so liberating. And it was just like my, my, um, 
my older women friends had told me, you are going to love menopause. I was like, really? I don't know. Because all these things were happening to my body. I was getting like white in my hair. I was gaining weight, all this stuff. But like, no, it feels like you're like, before you went through puberty, they say that like this, who you really are is like before you went through puberty and after you go through menopause, which sucks because there's a whole lot of time when you're fertile and you're like, your hormone brain is like messing up with who you are because you're in our sexist society. You're like trying to please men and get a man so you can have a baby and do all this stuff. But if you can remember what it is like to be like 11, that's what it's like to be like 55. I really feel like we do. We regress. You know, I wanted to yes. be like this proper, like, you know, Stepford housewife all the way yes. through my 20s. And now I'm like, you know, hell no. Yeah. Oh, and I, lo- I love telling women this because I love telling women this because it's something to look forward to. It's so empowering. And you can do whatever you want. You don't have to date younger guys to get here. You could date whoever you want or not date at all. But you are going to feel good and you should allow yourself to feel good and not feel old because there's no such thing as being old. There's just being you. That's the takeaway. hundred percent. Now that the, the boyfriend may or may not have gone, you know, because of the distance and all that kind of stuff, where would that lead you now? Like, would you, are you looking for somebody else? Do you need someone else? Do you care? I mean, it's sort of in abeyance now. I was with him. He's far away now. So I was with him for six years. I really loved him. You know, it was real love and we really, really loved each other, but not everything lasts forever. And I don't think the standard of whether or not something is real is whether it lasts forever. No, I agree. Because like, you know, I actually had a longer relationship with him than I had with either of my husbands or any other guy. It was my favorite relationship that I've ever had. So right now I'm sort of getting used to the fact that it might not continue. And I'm, it's not really like a breakup so much as it's like, we're petering off and I'm, I'm sort of getting used to that. So I'm not really looking, you know, you don't like get over a real love in a second. It takes a while. What does your being sort of older now and having these kind of relationships, what does your social life look like now? Like, you know, I think people get what, why people stay in loveless marriages is my point and relationships that maybe they shouldn't is because they're scared of this kind of, you know, being 56 and being alone. Now I'm not, so this is not coming from again, place of judgment. I personally no. think it could be fucking fabulous yeah. um, to have my house back. Yeah. Um, but like yeah. what does your social life look like now with, without a guy? Well, one of the impetuses for writing this book was me asking myself, how did I wind up alone? And my daughter who's 21 said, mommy, you're not alone. Look at your life. You know, that's a stigma that we put on ourselves. From this little intro that I've just read, I've seen that you clearly don't stop working either, which is amazing. And that's one thing I think people also get scared by because as we get older, you think, what the fuck are we going to do? And obviously you've been able to continue a very successful career, even, you know, it doesn't matter about anything else, but you are, you know, you've written some amazing things. I've started a podcast. It doesn't, and and these kind of things that we're doing, it doesn't matter how we look at the end of the day. What's the one, the documentary swiped about then? It's about online dating and how it's affecting this group, groups of young people in four different cities in America. And it's a lot about the addiction and about the companies, how they prey upon people. It's about racism on dating apps, which happens all the time. It's terrible, vile racism. It's about transphobia on dating apps that happens and terrible. The companies do almost nothing to 
fix it. It's about the sexual assault that happens on dating apps. Also, they do absolutely nothing about it. That is part of my book too, is an investigation into all of that and why it's so concerning and such an urgent thing to, to know in this modern age of dating. Oh no, I think it's super important. I really do. I, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm not a fan and I've been proven wrong on a few people who've written to me going, you know, look, uh, we met, we've had an amazing relationship and you know, some, some there are. So yes, of course, some people do get married. We, we've all been to a Tinder wedding, whatever they're in the vow section of the times, but that's not data. The data does not support the idea that people are actually finding long-term commitments or, or marriage. I think it's really important to do what you're doing as well, because having a voice and telling people what is okay, that, you know, these kind of things, there is a, there's a big line between what you consent to doing in your own home with your boyfriend to what you're being subjected to online, maybe you're on these, on these um, apps with guys you don't know. And I think it's really important to, you know, make the difference and, to, and, and so that people can understand. And also to have the information, because in my day, there was no one discussing this. No one, you know, these, these were oh. not topics you could talk about to anyone because if you my, even voice My it, mother comes up, my mother comes up a lot in the book and I don't blame her. No, there's no blame. And I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate her for it or anything like that. But there were so many things that I wish she had guided me more about and shared more about. And finally, when she's in her eighties, I'm in my fifties, we finally have that conversation. And I realize it's because she, she went through so much and had so much trauma of her own that I never knew about. And she was so shamed. She was a fifties housewife. And she was so shamed into not discussing any of these things or thinking that you could ever talk about them. She finally had her own Me Too moment with me when she told me the stuff that she had been That's through. the fascinating part. I think we all think our parents are perfect and they've never lived it. So we don't want to have these discussions with them, but actually they've all bloody lived it. So, you know, and, and the world wasn't that much of a different place. In fact, it was probably a crazier place. It's a, it's a fascinating world we live in. And it's like, there's just so many pitfalls and pitholes to fall down at this time. I like information. That's why, that's why I want to talk about it. I like information. I like, yeah. And I like giving the information. Yes. I like young women to know what's okay. What's not okay. You can talk about it. Like this is what the me too moment is really all about. And it's my book is kind of a me too book as well as being about dating apps and having hot sex with young men. <laughs> well, there you go. You better all rush out and get the book. How do we get the book? It's on all the, you know, online booksellers. If you just go to my website, which is nancyjosales.com, N-A-N-C-Y-J-O-S-A-L-E-S.com. I have all the links to the booksellers. You can see the reviews. You can see lots of stuff about it. Well, I'm off to buy one anyway. Thank you, honey. Nancy, thank you so much. I could keep, I could literally go on and on and on. And I'm definitely coming back for the teenagers one as well. And I didn't even get to talk about the bling ring. But anyway, it's just too much, too much good stuff. Next time. Next time. <laughs> thank you so, so much. This has been amazing. You are so lovely. Luke was so right. And I'm so glad we spoke. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 